It's the Sam Bravo Podcast. Good morning, good evening, whatever time zone you're in. Um, this is the Stan Bravo Podcast. I want to welcome you guys back. Uh, of course, I am your illustrious host, Stan Bravo. Do remember, for the folks that are uh, tuning in, you guys can totally listen to this podcast on every major platform. I'm talking about Spotify. I'm talking about Apple Podcasts. I'm talking about iHeartRadio. I'm talking about um, Amazon um, and Google Podcasts. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to this podcast um, and all the other previous episodes. Today, um, I have a very special guest with me in the building. This man um, was responsible for a lot of the dope club nights that were around throughout the 2000s in Sydney possibly even like you know like around the country um manager even jumped into my lane as MC Bustnut just gotta th- throw you out there I'm t- talking about none other than my homeboy my comrade Sam Dowd Sam what is good my brother how are you and thank you for having me. Firstly, you're gonna say, "Good to see you again," even if it's you know over the internet. But yeah, good to good to see you. And good to be seen by you, bro. Still here. <laughs> oh man, it's, it's it's good to have you, man. It's um, and I'll be honest with you, this right here is why why I do this pod. We were kind of talking about this a little bit off air. That um, you know, to me, I feel like it's important for you know. Uh, for, for the people that were around and were really outside and was doing things to push this whole culture forward for the people that are coming up now to know what came, you know, before them. And, and, and more importantly, who were some of the key people that were um, making things happen, you know, and uh, you were definitely one of them. You know what I mean? So that's thank why, you, you know, Oh dude, I mean, thank you. You know, like, like that's why, you know, like I, I have you on and, um, yeah, bro. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, like now, now respectfully is a lot of people who sort of talk about things that they did, um, in the scene. And, and I remember, I mean, I, I remember, well, I, I was outside, I was running around and I'm like, I don't remember you at all, <laughs> you know? Um, but I remember you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> thank you, you're man. here. You're here, man. Um, thank you for uh, being here. Just real quick. Uh, my brother, how's, um, how's in, how's everything been? How's life? Um, how's management? What's crack? How are you? Okay. So I, I think I, I speak for everyone when I say the last two years have been very difficult. So it's been hard, man, to negotiate uh, and come about and just, figure out what the new reality is. You know what I mean? We're all kind of dealing with different things, but we're in the same kind of situation where, you know, there's massive disruptions and things weren't going on as, as usual, but well, thank God, you know, everything's good. And, you know, we're starting to get back into it, but yeah, everything's good until, yeah, uh, the little thing called Corona hit. And then mm. the world just kind of just tilted on its axis and everything stopped talking about the entertainment industry anyway of but, course um overnight man everybody i knew was out of work mm. first time in history um and yeah so thank god you know we're slowly coming out of that things are opening up restrictions are easing but man it took its toll i'm not gonna lie um there was no business to speak of mm. and yeah we just had to you know by, by the grace of god man i'm still here and still in the music business and still trying to hustle and you know and do my thing wow yeah yeah yeah. i that, get in where i fit in man you know me bro <laughs> of course of course man but i think it's super important because i think like a lot of people don't don't really understand just how much the lockdowns really affected the industry right um because especially here like the way that they locked down shit here i was in was intense and look i gotta say everybody was you know affected yeah. But I don't. I think nowhere was affected like hospitality and travel. Agreed. I think if you were in travel and you're in hospitality, then you just you had to get a new career. Basically, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna pay the bills or feed your family in that in your chosen 
career. So, mm. you know, I really feel for those people that had to, as they say, pivot, get another career and never came back, man, because now they're settled doing other things, man. We lost a lot of good talent, man. Yeah. A lot of good yeah. men and women are now no longer with us. They're just, you know, they had to do them and, and go off and, you know, and, and find ways to pay the bills. And man, we lost a bunch of good people, man. Talented people, gone. But, you what, know, it, what it is think, what it is. What do you think is needed, though, if anything, to... Um, kind of cushion the blow, right? If that were to happen again, because I'm going to be honest, man. I remember I saw, I was reading when, when the whole lockdowns thing first happened. <clears throat> I, like everybody, was like reading and watching the news and whatever. So I remember I read a um, article, I want to say the Sydney Morning Herald, if, if I was not correct about the publication, excuse me. But in this article, they were talking about jobs that were, um, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Like, um, like necessary, like, um, you know how they got those, you know, like those core workers or whatever. And, um, and they, they were ranking jobs that were not necessary, basically. <laughs> number one, number one on this list was artists. I, I always remember this. Number one. I, I have a screenshot. They even did a graphic about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And, and I was like, wow, I wonder how, number one, how the writer who wrote that article, I wonder how that person felt. I also wonder how the graphic designer who designed... Who did the actual <laughs> yeah, graphic. I wonder how they felt to know that, yeah, according to, to your boss, your like your job is not that fucking important. Like, oh, man, that was funny. I actually, I did something on Facebook about that, man, where I reposted it, and I was like, first of all, a graphic designer did the graphic, you know, mm -hmm. and second of all, somebody had to write it, like, so... Like that whole bullshit, that whole non-essential work. There you go. Yeah. That that was that was uh yeah, look, we I felt like the government pretty much hung us out to dry. Um it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow when, you know, I've spent my entire life doing this and then in one moment they can just say, What you've done, what you've dedicated your entire career to means nothing. We don't need nightclubs. We don't need live entertainment. We don't need musicians performing. Mm. Like, just for that to happen, I mean, it was kind of a wake-up call of being like, wow, did I really make the right choice? Yeah. Or should I have listened to my parents when they said, <laughs> music should be on the side, you know what I mean? You need yeah, something yeah, yeah. to fall back on. It should have been your main job. But, yeah, man, like, Stan, here's the thing. I always thought, and this is, you know, stupid now um, mm -hmm. considering what we've just went through but i always thought no matter how bad it gets mm -hmm. no matter what if we even if we were to enter a deep recession you know no matter how bad it gets people want to drink mm -hmm. and dance mm -hmm. and shake their ass and have fun yeah. and go into a dark place and emerge you know four or five hours later having danced all night i thought no matter what happens man my industry was recession proof now mm -hmm. what i did not think about or I didn't even come into my you know I didn't I didn't know that they were gonna put a ban on public gatherings. Mm. That that shit just changed the game. Like what? Yeah man they made it illegal a ban on public gatherings and overnight we were all out of work man we were all out of work it was crazy yeah it was crazy to see and it didn't matter the hierarchy you could have been the biggest dude in the game you were unemployed. I mean you had a couple of million dollars in the bank to kind of uh you know, uh, cushion go the through. Blow. Yep. Cushion the blow, but yeah. you you were still. You know, you went you weren't touring. You were done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look. I, I were friends of mine. Um, and and the thing is, not just artists, okay, or, or promoters, but we're talking about even people like in in production, sound people, light everybody. People. Yeah. Shit. I, I, some 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 lawyers. You know, I mean, I don't think, God, I uh, security people, I like, I can't think of one industry that took the type of hit that yeah. the arts and entertainment took. 
what, yeah, what did you and think look about it, it would have been it, it would have been okay sorry sorry it would have been okay had we had some government you know assistance my brother government did not care the government you know and the the assistance they did give was very very small if any a lot of people that I know fell through the gaps um you know because of certain situations they weren't available for job keeper they weren't you know getting job seeker there was just they weren't getting any kind of government assistance and they were still you know expected to pay the bills keep the lights on so man i just felt like the government's reaction to what we do it was very i don't know man it was dismissive it was offensive um you know i'm sad for my brothers and sisters that left the industry that never came back um i mean i hung in there basically because I don't know how to do anything else there. I've been doing this right. since I was 16. Yeah. yeah so if, yeah. if I don't do this, I I mean I don't know what that, you know. This is this is all I've been doing. So yeah. I just, you know, I tried to hang on and I hung on and you know, we we're slowly getting back into it, but mate, the government did not react in a way that I I thought was caring to the hospitality industry in this country. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, look, I don't want to get into the whole you know lockdown and quarantine and vaccine I'm not getting into all that but what I will say is that um the reaction that they had to this particular to this industry mm-hmm. I mean I'll never forget it and I don't think people will forget that they were so dismissive of an entire industry like that 100% I I I could not agree more and I'm like when other things like sports were allowed certain you know we're going to let this slide we're going to let let you know and it's sports man i mean you know, you know if you don't anyway look i don't no, want to get into it cuz <laughs> no it's the truth and like listen and for the record it 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 to me to me to me it felt as though there was a um almost like a vendetta against the arts you know and and like i i know people again people i know that that work in film um they're like dude like that our productions yeah. are or halted and again yeah. we're not just talking about actors we're not just talking about directors we're talking about production people people that this is their fucking livelihood like you know camera people whatever nothing like nothing's moving you know um across the board bartenders and, and you know say one film brings so many jobs with it. It's not just, you know, action cut. Like there's so many people that work, you know, costume design, catering, uh uh security, whatever. It it, it there's so much that's involved in the one production. And oh, for, but when it comes you know, to live music, you'll see five guys and girls or whatever on stage. Five. Yeah. On stage. That's what you yeah. see. Yeah. You don't see the 300 people it took to build the stage. Agree. The 80 people to do the sound and the lighting. Do you know what I mean? You don't see the yep. people, the transport people moving everybody around, the security, the the techs, the merch merchandise people, the yep. front of house people, the yep. venue staff, the ushers. You yep. know, like it's it I'm telling you on one concert it probably employs 4 500 people. Easily. You know, but you just see the five people doing their thing going wow, that's amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you you know, you really think about and if a production is done well, you you wouldn't even think about those people. They, they're meant to be kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they were all they were all affected greatly, man, because a lot of people this is what they did full time. It wasn't, you know, a, a sometimes thing. This is this was their gig. It's what, you know, it's how it's how they got through life. I mean, listen, we just did and my we I'm talking about me and my colleagues and uh you know over at Street University they we just put a a pretty cool event over at um the Opera House um so shout out to Street University and everybody, everybody involved sold out three shows so shout out to everybody and again because for me my world as you know has always been on stage microphone blah blah so now that I'm I'm taking more of a behind the mic behind the camera role seeing stage managers and 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 dealing with the guys in 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 sound and 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 uh lighting and whatever I'm like man you know um yeah I, all I can say is you know like I take my hat off to everybody you know um because again yeah these guys are supposed to be kind of like ghosts you know that that you don't see and you're not supposed to see them because you know you know like you said that that means that everything is working to the level that it should be. Yeah, that it should be correct. 
do you think that um um that there should be a um uh like a union of sorts for for the arts i don't I think know definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there bro I, I think definitely there should be some kind of i don't know corporation or whatever you want to call it that looks out for the workers that are dedicated you know their lives to this thing to making sure that live music is the vibrant fun thing that it's always been in this country and it's been i mean live music in australia is it's crazy man we constantly break box office records for ticket sales artists you know international artists come over here and they do some of their biggest shows in this country yeah so i think for for everybody that has supported that scene to kind of be cast aside in the end i mean it was just it was unforgivable you know what i mean what happened I agree. I agree. You, you, you know, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm always gonna be biased, but sh- even, even if I didn't work in the space and I didn't do half of the things that, that I did as a fan of music, period. Um, yeah, no. And, and, and the thing is, it's like you would think, and like I, I get the whole, you know, people that work in, in the medical field and doctors and lawyers, I don't know, lawyers, doctors and, and such, and nurses should be priority people that work you know um in uh, retail i understand that i understand that but to to also pretend as though people that work in um entertainment do not and media do not um serve a purpose essentially is crazy because i mean i know so many people mr brother let me let me ask you a question when we were all in this heavy heavy lockdown situation what were we doing talk about it <laughs> you, you yeah, we were watching that we were watching yeah. netflix we were, we were reading books you yeah. know what i mean yeah. we were immersing ourselves listening, with listening creative to, people to, to music These are the people they told us were non-essential yeah i'm telling you you yeah. try to be stuck in a house for seven eight months without any of those creative people helping you get by without exactly. the screenwriters without the producers without the directors without yeah. the actors yeah. without the the musicians without the composers without the songwriters without you know, anything but we, we it's we we offer you we offer respite and they know it and 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 this is why it's a side again i don't want to go too much on a tangent but i feel in my bones you know the people that made those decisions um they're not they're not they're not creative types you know, like what they, happened was all those people in parliament, they tried to get into a club once and they were rejected. Basically, that's what, that's what it was. They weren't cool. They tried to get in the gas and security told them to <laughs> fuck off. That's that's probably what happened. So they're like, you oh. know, one of these days, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get them back. I will be in a position of power <laughs> and I'll come back here. I put all you motherfuckers out of business. Mm. Sorry, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, man, it's all good. Let me go ahead, um, pay some bills. Um, we're going to be back with more Sam Dow, the Stan Bravo podcast. Yo, what up, what up? This is Stan Bravo, the host of the Stan Bravo podcast. It's the Stan Bravo podcast. Are you a business owner that is looking for a way to partner with the pod? Well, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, Podcast at gmail.com with a proposal, and I will check it out. And if it makes sense, I'll be in touch. Yo, what up? This is Stan Bravo. As many of you guys may know, early this year, I went through cancer and even chemotherapy. And thank God I've made it out on the other side. And as a way to give back to the people that have given me a second chance, I designed a collection of t-shirts to raise money for the MacArthur Cancer Therapy Center. Some of the proceeds from the shirts will go to the center to raise money for the folks there that do an amazing job day in, day out, especially during the times that we're living in now with this pandemic. If you're interested, head over to stanbravo.com right now, check out one of the shirts, and uh, purchase one today. Yo, are you a singer, a dancer, a rapper, whatever you are, I am looking for some unsigned, talented people to interview. Are you one of them? I think you could be. Here's how we will both know. Shoot me an email, stanbravopodcast at gmail.com, and let me know why you should be on the pod. And if it makes sense, then I'll have you on. 
at stanbravopodcast at gmail.com. It's the Stan Bravo Podcast. Back with is the Stan Bravo Podcast. Of course, I am Stan Bravo. I'm going to keep on reminding you guys to listen to this episode and all the previous episodes. Do remember to follow the pod on everywhere where you guys stream and listen to podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's on there. Sam Dowd is here. Um, um, you know, Sam is a promoter, extraordinaire, manager, um, nightclub host in his own right. And we're, and we're talking about everything, um, uh, Sydney, and lockdowns that happened. The government's response um, to everything I thought was, yeah, ridiculous, to, to say the least. You know, so, um, um, yeah. With that, like, what would it, where do you think, now that, that that's happened, right? Um, and I, I do want to get into some historical stuff as well. Um you know, as it pertains to yourself and, you know, the nightclubs, like gas nightclub and all that flash shit. But before we get there, I just want to kind of stay here for like a little bit. Now that um, we've seen, I guess, COVID happen and thing and, 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 you know, you can sort of shut things down the way that that is shut down. Are you confident in in the scene and 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 in the way that um uh that things are like you know does does um like do you feel you know that the scene is secure now that that things are opening back up that that's my question to you what do you think uh unfortunately i don't i'll give you i'll give you an example so during the whole covid thing i managed to still you know i was trying to do things and and you know do productions i was lucky man in the middle of the pandemic to do an international artist uh which was the doc which was fantastic that was like in the height of the pandemic yeah i got lucky with that one um but then i tried i was like okay well my all my artists are stuck in america i'll try and do some australian acts so i tried to do an australian artist out of my genre classical music Mm -hmm. and mate even that didn't it didn't uh, you know it was postponed due to covid and then in the end we had to cancel it and i tell you man as a promoter there's nothing worse than refunding a a nice box office sure, <laughs> you, I, you know what i mean I, I can it's imagine. The worst fit, especially after all the work especially after the two years that we had to go through it just it was a bit disheartening so look do i feel secure mm-hmm. no because i tried to adapt i tried to work within the constraints you know the confines of what they told me and i'm like okay i can't tour internationals let's work with some australian artists which you know as you know i don't really do mm-hmm. i'll even change my genre i won't do hip-hop and r&b i'll do classical mm-hmm. and uh it was not a good experience um you know the covid came in waves so really i, I felt like if you did pull off some successful events mm-hmm. it was about timing you know and unfortunately for me my timing was bad because when tickets were on sale it was awesome and then another wave hit we went into lockdown and then i had to i had to refund but yeah it was no i'm not i don't feel secure in the future um i think if anything the last two years has taught us is that at the drop of a hat things can change they mm. you know these laws that they can pass overnight we could wake up tomorrow international travel is is gone again you know what mm. i mean so look i think it's best to tread cautiously i think look the smaller promoters like myself we're all treading really cautiously the mm-hmm. bigger guys have jumped back in international touring is back i mean they're doing some major major productions just this week there was those big artists you know mm-hmm. there's concerts are selling again but i don't feel i don't feel confident that we're out of the woods by any stretch i think you know we still got to take it one day at a time and see you know and just see the government's reaction because obviously this thing hasn't gone away we're gonna have to learn to live with it covid mm. is here here forever man it's not you know it's not just gonna disappear but it's you know our reaction to it what are we gonna do are we gonna lock everyone down are we gonna do you know quarantine are we gonna limit international travel mm. Th- these are the questions that nobody knows the answers to you know mm. Yeah, so I know. Moving moving forward, man, it's it's not a good place to be because I mean it's it's good in the fact that things are looking up right now, but I mean how long will that last? Right. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. Yeah, damn, man. It's uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna always remain as optimistic and as positive as, as I can be. I, I do feel like who was it? The great philosopher that is Usher. <laughs> he said. <laughs> He said, "Sometimes in life, you, you you know, you either evolve or or uh, dissolve. So, cool. you know, maybe like you know, it's it's just a a matter of trying to, you know what I mean, figure out a new way. I I, I don't know what that what that what that way is. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, I think you know, the, the yeah. new way, bro, the safe way is." to work with artists that already live in this country. I think that's, for me, it's, it's you know, that's been a, a big roadblock because mm-hmm. I don't really work with Australian hip hop artists, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think if that was to happen then, it doesn't really matter what happens internationally. We could still, you know, do, do smaller events, do that kind of thing. And we wouldn't be so reliant on international travel mm-hmm. as, you know, I have been in the past. I think that that's that's a possible solution. Tell me about your time in um, in promotion, right? How did you? How, how did that happen? Like, I don't even know if we even had this conversation. Maybe we did. I don't remember. But you know, how did you? Yeah, you said like you you've been in the game six since you're sixteen. How did that happen? Um, I grew up on the north side of Sydney, um, and basically when we were kids man there was nothing to do there was there was basically the local uh pcyc used to hold these things called blue light discos mm-hmm. but i mean when you're 15 you know 14 15 you don't want to hang out with a bunch of cops yeah uh, in a room <laughs> you know so right. it wasn't the coolest thing so yeah unless you wanted to go to a blue light disco there was nothing there was no entertainment um it's funny you see how we keep coming back to the government and its treatment of entertainment. Anyway, uh, so there was nothing to do. There was nothing to do for us as kids. So I don't know. I, I can't explain it, man. It just I fell into it. Um, I was walking past the venue. It was a pub, and you know I just I saw a need, and I basically just I was like I'm gonna throw a party for me and all my friends. You know, obviously alcohol free. It was an under 18s event. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 16. And the first event we did, man, I mean, it was crazy. It was it was real guerrilla style promotions. We, my, my friend, you know, drew the flyer in art class and we photocopied like a thousand of these, you know, flyers. It was just yep. A4 paper. Right. And then I would, I would catch the bus to other schools. And as the bell rang and they poured out, I would just be handing out these flyers. Love it. <laughs> and, you know, I just went to all the schools in the area and it was cool. It was R&B and hip hop, obviously. And um, man, we got 700 people to the first one. Wow. And the, the feel, I'll never get the feeling I had at that party. People like, man, you should do this again. And da, da, da. and one of my friends was like, man, you should you should do this for a living. And I was like, what do you mean? You can't, you can't throw up, you can't throw parties for a living. Like I didn't even know. I basically became a promoter without even knowing what a promoter was. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah. Now you should do this, and you can do this, and that you know. But um, yeah, it was crazy, man. So that happened at seventeen, and then from seventeen to eight, uh, eighteen. Sorry, from sixteen to eighteen, we did a bunch of under 18s all over Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, it just went really quick, man. I, I just remember it. We did one event, and then just did a bunch of events, and then the week I turned eighteen. I started doing, I was waiting to turn 18, man, so I could, you know, my, my chance to get into the big leagues. So the week I turned 18, I started doing a R&B night on Oxford Street called Sweet. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first, you know, R&B night on that street. That street was predominantly, you know, a gay district and they, they weren't really excited about having, you know, R&B and hip hop people in there. They're worried about whether the patrons to my event were going to be respectful to everybody else on the street and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But, you know, we never had any issues. And um, that's basically the, the start of everything, man. We just did that. Um, I say we a lot, but really it was, it was just me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically how I got started. Uh, 16 years old started, 18 started doing nightclubs. Um, 10 years after I started doing nightclubs, I got into international touring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
first concert I ever did was Public Enemy. Wow. Uh, man, I was just speaking to someone before and and they were like, you've done Public Enemy. I was like, a PE was my first concert that I ever did. So, wow. you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty crazy to think the first thing I ever did was something of that magnitude. Talk about going going big or uh, going home. You're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go, yeah, I'm, shoot for the stars. I, you know what's I, crazy? I, 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 I had no idea what I was doing, bro. I mean, I, I did not know at the time. You know, you're just kind of in it and you're doing it. It's not till you look back and go, wow. Sold out, Enmore Theatre, Cypress Hill came on stage. Wow. Like, and just, and, you know, actually, you know, it's quite, you watch Drink Champs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. If you watch the Cypress Hill episode, they yeah. talk about my first ever concert, man. They oh, right on. It. Okay. Yeah. So they're asking, be real, like, what, what's some of memories you have about your career? And he's like, one night, Sydney, Australia, I got up on stage and me and Flavor Flav did this kind of back. And I was like, how crazy that this guy, you know, 20 something years later is talking about you know, an event that I did. Like, it's just... Is, it, isn't that cool? I'm just saying. Is, isn't that it's cool, It's really though? cool, bro. It's unexpected. Because the thing is, be real, he's been all over the world. And yeah. one thing that sticks out in his memory happened on a stage in Sydney, Australia. Like, that's... Hey. It's crazy, hey. dude. And he's still talking about it. You know hey. what I mean? Like... And, and this is why... This is why I have this podcast. Period. Like, for stories like this. You know, because again, I don't think people understand the amount of legit history that exists in Sydney when it comes to hip hop and R&B. You know, like 100%. a lot of people, you know, when they think of Australian music, all they tend to think about is is rock, respectfully, or country music, or 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 techno. And I'm like, man, there were a lot of really big moments that happened here uh, oh, bro. look respect you know. respect to Kada, formerly you know the edge 90, 90 the 96.1 respect mm -hmm. to Kada, respect to r&b fridays you know on today fam but bro me and you we were doing this before you would ever hear r&b and hip-hop on the radio yeah it was unheard of dude yeah when me yeah. and you were doing this yeah yeah, this, this stuff that's happening yeah. today. This is all. Yeah. This is all. You know, we yeah. never heard R and B on on the radio. Bro, they used to call us homies. You know what I mean? It was a uh, subculture. 100%. What's up, homie sub G? Yeah, I, yeah. I, it yeah, was a yeah, subculture, yeah, man. Yeah. And now it's yeah. mainstream and it's commercial. And look, I love seeing all this stuff. You know, Sydney now has a dedicated station, a radio station that is R and B and hip hop twenty four seven. I mean, mm. it only took thirty years, but we got there in the end. Shout out to them. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to them. Well, I mean, you know, I said you were there. You were there in the beginning, brother. You were I, I was, man. I was, and and you know, and I'm 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 honored to 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 have witnessed shit and stuff like that. Now it's funny. I was talking to Max, um, you know, DJ Miss Hennessy, and Shout out Miss Hennessy. Shout out to her. You know, she, she we love you. Me, she told me a dope story, which of course you you can hear on Stan Rattle podcast. But anyway, um, but she was Available like now on Spotify. <laughs> But she talked about when she had her show, you know, um, Club Flavors, how um, she wasn't getting promo records, okay? She was doing, she had to do reverse payola, where she was paying a promotions company in Canada, I think about 200 bucks a month for them to send her promo music. <laughs> and we're talking That's crazy. mainstream That's crazy, artists. To the point where Max said that she actually had, you know, to leave here, go to New York, and she went to all the labels. She went to Bad Boy, she went to Rough Riders, Def Jam, all these places. She says, hey, I'm from Australia. There's this huge market. We can't get any damn music. And they're yeah. like, wait, wait, what's happening? You you guys have mainstream labels out there, right? Well, what, like, what do you mean, like, you're not getting music? Say no, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not getting any 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 music. So she's telling me, um, and she goes into way more detail on on, on her um, episode. But she's like that when she came back <laughs> to Australia. A lot of people thought that she was like a damn drug mule because she had <laughs> she had duffel bags filled with vinyl and you know CDs and all type of shit. And she's basically servicing a lot of DJs, you know, getting like the music out there. You know, this is pre going on SoundCloud and doing all that shit that 
like people are, are doing now. And I'm just saying, um, the amount of time, the amount of things that, uh, that people had to do in order to push this goddamn music and this culture and whatever forward, I don't think a, a, a lot of people are aware of. And, and again, th- this is why I have this, this podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, um, first of all, this podcast is amazing, bro. Shout out to you. Thank you. Um, for holding thank it down all these years. Big love to Miss Hennessy. She's one of my favorite people in the entire industry. Um, but man, we didn't do it for any other reason other than we loved what we we loved the music man. yeah so i'm sure yeah. when max was doing that the reverse payola i love how you said that <laughs> <laughs> but when she was doing that she was doing it because she loved the music you know and yeah. i think we've all been we've all been champions of the music at the end of the day i am a music fan yes like i, I can't understand some of these people i've worked with it boggles my mind to this day that i was able you know, I grew up listening to these people in my Walkman on the way to school, mm. writing down the lyrics, trying to say it back, remembering, you know, trying to trying to get the videos, watch the videos, um, and listening to radio stations like Two R D J. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Two R D J, man. Eighty-eight point one FM, the Big. only place you could hear R and B back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. And we used to record. Yeah. We used to record the whole show, and you know, when the ads were coming up, you would pause it. And then wait for the ad, and then re-record, and then yeah. Oh but yeah, so yeah, we did it because <laughs> we just love the music. And I think most of the people like yourself, myself, Maxine, um, we at the end of the day we're fans of the music, bro. And agreed. That's that's why we've, you know, it changed our lives. Hip hop changed our lives. That's why we're still doing it in one form or another all these years later. And I don't think we'll ever stop. No. No, no, I, I, I can't see it. Why? I mean, it's it's awesome. It's a dope-ass job. I mean, you know, when, when you sit there and, and you think about, again, moments that either you directly created or you were just a part of, you're like, man, if I have to choose between this and being an accountant, bro, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> with respect to my accountant friends out there, but come on. Bro, respect to account. I tried. I had, I had to do accountancy as part of my studies, mm-hmm. and I failed. I failed accountant that course like five mm-hmm. times in a row, man. Yeah. Respect to anyone that does that for a living. I yes. couldn't even. I couldn't even do it as a course, let alone. Wow, a hundred percent. Tell me, you you were a part of a lot of fucking dope clubs, man. But of course, the one that we got to talk about is gas, right? Gas, um, man. Gas, gas. No one remembers gas, bro. <laughs> bro, people were people remember gas, bro. If you were listen, bro, I still work in nightclubs, and gas is like unless you're my age or your age, you won't remember gas. But yeah, right. I'm glad you remember, bro, because that was a fun, that was a fun place, bro. Everybody that came in, everyone that was a part of it, it holds a special place in their heart. You know what I mean? Agreed. There was no other club like it. It was ghetto. You know what I mean? But it was cool. It yes. was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, bro. I mean, first off, what was the capacity in in, in, in that venue? Do you remember this? Uh, capacity. Well, I'll tell you what the numbers we used to get. Mm-hmm. Um, every Thursday, we would get between seven hundred to eleven hundred. That was it. Kind of fluctuated, but wow. we never got less than seven hundred, and it would go up to say eleven on the big big nights. We would actually open a third level, which is Bohem. Yeah, and we would get over two thousand people because wow. you're working on three levels. There was wow. gas, the mez level, which was overlooking the dance floor, yeah, and then above that was was Bohem Lounge. Wow. So on the big nights, you know, maybe three four times a year, we do over two thousand people, and this is on a Thursday night, mind you. Like yeah. those, those yeah. days, those days are gone. No one does that kind of numbers anymore. Yeah. But and that was some just the, the adrenaline that you get from from doing those events. And of course, then, as you would appreciate, when yeah. you're running an event of that magnitude, mm. when anybody's in the country, like it doesn't matter who it is, mm. the record company would call you and yes. go, yo, blah, blah is in town. We're going to bring them through. Or so-and-so wants to do a showcase. You got the hot spot. So mm. I got a lot of artists, man, just being the spot. Yep. And Sony Music was throwing artists my way for years. Do Some you of the remember, biggest artists in the world. Do you remember kicking me out of the VIP? For Rihanna, I, I kicked you out of the VIP. For Rihanna, do you remember this? No, you don't remember this. Rihanna, you want to talk about Rihanna? <laughs> Rihanna, 
Yana was the worst, bro. Right, well, let, let's do this. No, Yana was the rudest, rudest, rudest person I think I've ever dealt with, man. Ever. She's, oh, she's really? Terrible. Okay, well, yeah. let's go there. Like, hold on. Like, l- l- let me tell my story and then, like, you know, like, let's um, uh, go there. We, um, I think we had opened up. It was gonna, it was supposed to be, do you remember this kind of, it was supposed to be Fabulous Neo. And um, I, I think it was just Fabulous and and uh, Neo. I think. For whatever reason, Fabulous did not show up. Neo did. Um, <clears throat> we opened up. We did the show. It was cool. Uh, we go um, off to the, you know, to, to the VIP section. Like, like, you know, if you're here, you know, the stage is here. And then if you turn this way, there's like a bar, you know, um... Yeah, like you know like what I'm talking about right um, I don't exactly what you yeah yeah so like we're in there chilling or whatever and you came in and I'm I didn't know who this chick was I'm gonna be honest at, at the time nobody you know, nobody knew man yeah <laughs> all I remember is that she was but she was tall. still underage she was underage when she came to guess really okay there oh, you yeah. go there you go I remember she, she was tall I remember she had this forehead that was popping I'm like yo who the fuck is this she uh, had the five head going. She was rocking the five head. I remember that. I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble, Rihanna. I love you. I don't know. Um, even though I don't, I don't know you, but whatever. Uh, and, Rihanna, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you came over and you're like, "Yeah, sorry, bro. Like, she doesn't want nobody here." And I'm like, "Dude, she was who, who the fuck? Is, I don't even know who she who was. Is that? Who is exactly? Yeah, I'm bro, talking, she like, came in. She came in with an attitude. I don't know because she was underage. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I went up to her to, you know, you just introduce myself and say, hey, my name is Sam. I'm the promoter. If there's anything I can do to, you know, get you or your people, please let me know. That was basically it, man. I wasn't trying to anything. And then she she didn't even talk to me, bro. She basically just dismissed me with a hand and pointed at like her manager. Like, don't talk to me, point to that guy. And I'm like, look at, so I went up to the bartender. And I was like, "Listen, she doesn't get a drink. No one. I don't want. I want her to die of thirst." Don't go over there. <laughs> okay, sounds funny, right? But yeah, I fucked up. So what happened is right. she couldn't get a drink, and so she left. And then when she left, Neo left, and then everybody left. So I actually really? fucked up. Damn. Yeah, because she was pissed off. But bro, like I shouldn't have done it. But I was like, "Fuck, nobody get her a drink." You know what I mean? I was, I was in my feelings back then. She hurt my ego. You know right, I mean? right, right. And Neo, Neo came off stage. He's like, "Yo, where's Rihanna? Oh, she's leaving. Well, I'm leaving too." And then once they left, everybody left. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> so always treat the artists well, even if they're assholes. That's there it. That's you go. The there, there's a lesson learned. Um, I did not, <laughs> I did not know that because I think when no, I had another gig on, so I feel like when when we. You know, you know, left uh, out of that um, VIP. I kind of watched uh, Neo do a couple, couple records, and then I was off. I, I had to go do, you know, like something else. So I, I did not know the rest of that story. So there you go. Um, wow. Okay, Rihanna. So my huh? apologies if I kicked you out, bro. I was <laughs> under pressure from her people, obviously making me feel like a stranger in my own club. You know, it was that was wow. not the vibe, man. I've worked with everybody. I never had that experience. Like. Do you remember? And, uh, look, Go ahead. I gotta Go ahead. say, man, one of the nicest people ever, and you know he gets torn up in the press. Chris Brown, bro, has got to be one of the nicest yeah. guys I've ever worked with. Agreed. Like, just a gentleman, and Agreed. so lovely. And I've worked with him on like three occasions now. Every time he's been amazing, man. But just, yeah, it just shows you don't don't believe what you 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 read in the press, man, because these people and their personas. He's supposed to be the bad boy of R and B. Yeah, man, he's a legend. You know, yeah. I'll work with him any, any day of the week. Agreed, agreed. I, I've met Chris um, as well. and he, he He's he was, so nice, man. So nice. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. Um, what was a, um, what's a moment, besides Rihanna, of course, mm. what's a moment that stuck out to you that always sticks out to you about um, uh, gas? Man, I, I can't I can't say, bro. I was there for so long and we did so many good things. I, I can't. That, that, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. I can't. Uh, you mean like a performer? Anything, yeah. Like just one particular, you know, event or experience where you're like, oh, that was crazy. I'll tell you something that was kind of cool. Uh, 
Justin Timberlake was in town. I knew you were going to say, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think he was in town doing shows. And so I got a call from like one of the hotels, bro. Mm -hmm. So this is actually like a concierge from Sheraton on the Park or something called me. He's like, uh, just wondering, is your club open tonight? We're like, yeah. They're like, what kind of music? I said, R&B, hip hop, obviously. They knew that Thursday night, that was the spot. They're like, look, we're sending down a couple of VIPs. They didn't say who, but uh, we're sending down some VIPs mm -hmm. with their security guards. Uh, can you be ready to meet them in like half an hour? So bro, I had no idea. And then Justin Timberlake walks in with Cameron Diaz. That's right. Basically the two biggest people in the planet, right? Yep. Put them up on the VIP area. Yep. There was yep. the overlooking the whole crowd. Yeah. And uh, it was like one of those, we didn't pay a cent for them. Mm -hmm. you know, I was giving them shout outs on the mic. The crowd went crazy. Were you there that night? I was there. I I, <laughs> I worked some of that. I remember because back then, I don't, know, I don't know if it's changed now, but back then the crowd, every time you have a big celebrity in the spot, the crowd just, just boom. Like a deer. You know what's crazy? Headlights. It was like a fishbowl. So you yeah. had like 700 people downstairs, all turned around on the dance floor, just looking up. Yeah. Not even <laughs> dancing, man. They're just kind of staring. It was, it was so funny. It's like, okay, uh, that's them now. Just and they would just not take their eyes. It was and, nuts, bro. Bro, again, you, you said it. You said again, it. as and when you're an MC or whatever you are. Your job is to hype the crowd, right? Your job is to, <laughs> is to get the crowd engaged. And you can say yeah. anything. Nobody gives a shit. You're, you're like, you know, didn't he, you know, like, make some noise. And, yeah. Like, bro, like, <laughs> you crazy. know. Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that. And they, just wanted, they just wanted to go somewhere, have a drink, and have a good time. They didn't expect to be the center of attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. I remember, do you remember when, um, um, when Snoop came, did you remember this? Oh, that was crazy. Were you there yeah. that night? Yeah, yeah, I was there. That I was, was there. that was yeah, nuts, that. bro. <laughs> hey, let's not talk about what happened when Snoop sure, came. Sure, yeah? sure, 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 sure. Let's not go there, but let's just say- But it was, it was lit. That's probably, that's probably one of the most memorable nights I've had in my entire life, man. That yeah. was, that yeah. was crazy. That yeah, was crazy. I mean, if, if you were around back then, you know what happened, and you know, you know how what crazy we don't need to that go night. <laughs> you know, you were there, <laughs> oh, bro. I'm sure Snoop Dogg remembers that to this day. Oh, he wouldn't forget that. Yeah, I met. Let me tell you some his his guys. I met Snoop um, briefly. We were at um, the VMAs backstage. The VMAs, um, and you know how. You know, like there's that um it's not it's not a green room. Like you go backstage and you walk and whatever, and then like there's like a press room, like you know, you, you know, you go and you yeah. So yeah. he he was walking toward us, he's walking with two chicks, typical Snoop. Um and um yeah, he was just real cool. And I remember looking at his big ass goddamn bodyguards. Um <laughs> you know Bro, his his bodyguards aren't human, man. Bro, like the, two the biggest dinosaurs, specimens. dude. They block out the sun when they enter <laughs> the room. <laughs> you know, but he—he was another one. He was mad, mad cool. You know, like you know, very like, cool. You know, like what's up, nephew? And you know, the he, coolest, the coolest yeah. ever, bro. The coolest ever. Man, what, what did Snoop, put it this way: when Snoop enters a room, the oxygen gets sucked out. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you can't yeah. pretend. You can't be in the same room and pretend he's not in that room. Agreed. Just everybody, Agreed. you could be Obama. You notice that Snoop just walked in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. yeah. I, I I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Like, uh, <laughs> he he just has one of those presents. And and again, if it's not Snoop, if you if you see Snoop security, you already know what's about to happen. Like that that <laughs> yeah, forget it. Um, yeah. Let's let's keep it local a little bit though. How's um. How savage are you guys still working together? Savage and I no longer work together, but okay. we're still good. We're still good friends, man. We worked together for like thirteen years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was his booking agent and his tour manager, mm -hmm. and man, we did a lot of amazing stuff in this country. And that's my brother. He'll always be my brother for life. But yeah, right. we don't work together anymore, unfortunately. Right on, right on, right on, right on. Yeah, Sav Savage. He he uh, he cracks me up because he he always talks about. Um, <laughs> there's this one time where 
Um, we were in, in New Zealand, and um, I kind of entered this impromptu battle. And I didn't know who anybody... Mind you, I'm drunk. I didn't know who, who anybody was. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we, 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 we have this whole this whole battle thing, and Savage is telling Pete and, and Nick, man, fuck your boy talking about me. And then um, later on, we we um, we end up at, I want to say, Safari Lounge, and we just sort of crip walking around the whole goddamn club. It was a wild night, bro. It was a fucking crazy night. I don't crip walk. I'm, I'm not a crip. But I was drunk, so <laughs> I decided to get my damn crip walk on. It, it was weird. But, um, yeah, so... Bro, I, are I, you I, even from L.A.? You're not from L.A. No, bro, I'm from New York, <laughs> man. I'm from Harlem. I, I, I was going to say, what's a guy from NYC doing crip Yeah, no, it, it, it was, again, I was drunk, and I was, you know, stupid. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we had... We had like one of those one of those nights, and so anytime I you know I catch up with Savage, he always brings up that that a story. Man. A lot of bro, me. a lot of drunk guys want to battle Savage in the club. A lot yeah. of you you would not be the first guy that tried that. Bitch. But it wasn't even bro. It wasn't even. I don't even know. Honestly, to me, in my mind, it was just a sight. You weren't trying to battle. You no. probably weren't trying to battle. You were just no. spitting. You were That's just spitting it. right. And mind That's you, yeah. this is this. I is know you, real. bro. I know you. You were probably <laughs> just spitting in the club. Yeah, 100%. Like, it wasn't... And this is pre... Before, you know, Savage is Savage. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, this is back in the whole... I, I I didn't even know about Don Raid and all these guys. Like, Pete and them was just, you know, like, uh, you know, like, putting me on, or oh, that's Brother D, that's what... I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it was just... It was hilarious, man. But, like, that's a... He's a really good uh, brother, man. Um... <laughs> For real, for real. What, what, like, what's up with uh, uh, Nick? Are, are, are you and Nick still uh, like working? Nick, uh, for those who don't know, is the real name of AKA DJ Tickles. DJ Tickles. DJ Tickles and I, man, we're coming. I think next year will be twenty years of being managing wow. Nick. So, yeah, wow, bro. <laughs> Isn't wow. that crazy, man? Well, even e- even back during like the whole Sam, um, the other Sam. The whole gas days, you, you you were still like you were managing Nick. Yeah, I was I really? was managing Nick. Yeah, yeah. So tickles tickles and I, man, uh, I was managing a bunch of guys, and actually, I I don't manage anyone now except DJ Tickles, and that right. yeah, like nineteen years, brother. So wow, uh, yeah, that's a long long time. We know we know each other like now, like we're comfortable with each other. We work you would well. Be Twenty years, we'll come, come on. Yeah, we've come up with a situation where you know we understand each other and we work well together and he's for my money he's the best dj in the country i'll i'll say that mm. and I, you know what man a lot of people say that i'll i'll put my money where my mouth is man it's the best dj in the country he hates when i say that by the way we have Just the we, versatility there's no one more versatile there's no one more versatile the genres that this man can play the way that he puts his sets together um and I think, you know, the fact that he's so busy today, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, a testament to the fact that, you know, that people love him, man, from back in the days. You know, he was the OG mixtape king, and he's been able to, you know, just keep it going. Um, and, yeah, he's as current now as he ever was, and he's as busy. He's probably busier now than he's ever been. Mm. And, yeah, man, 19 years. I'm sure for the 20 years we'll do something special, but, yeah. It's it's been a, a major blessing in my life to have uh, DJ Tickles there, and we we work well together, bro. I just I love the guy, and yeah, I mean, not just my artist, we're we're friends. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Well, shit, if you guys do do something for the twenty year anniversary, let me know, and I'll I'll definitely come down and um, cool. show some love, hundred percent. Let me go ahead take a, another break. This is the Stan Bravo podcast. It's me, Stan Bravo. Sam Dowd is here. We're here, you guys are out there, so go ahead and keep it locked. Yo, what up, what up? This is Stan Bravo, the host of the Stan Bravo Podcast. It's the Stan Bravo Podcast. Are you a business owner that is looking for a way to partner with the pod? Well, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, Podcast at gmail.com with a proposal, and I will check it out. And if it makes sense, I'll be in touch. Yo, what up? This is Stan Bravo. As many of you guys may know, Early this year, I went through cancer and even chemotherapy. And thank God I've made it out on the other side. And as a way to give back, 
to the people that have given me a second chance, I designed a collection of t-shirts to raise money for the McCarthy Cancer Therapy Center. Some of the proceeds from the shirts will go to the center to raise money for the folks there that do an amazing job day in, day out, especially during the times that we're living in now with this pandemic. If you're interested, head over to stanbravo.com right now, check out one of the shirts, and uh, purchase one today. Yo, are you a singer, a dancer, a rapper, whatever you are, I am looking for some unsigned, talented people to interview. Are you one of them? I think you could be. Here's how we will both know. Shoot me an email, stanbravopodcast at gmail.com, and let me know why you should be on the pod. And if it makes sense, then I'll have you on. At Stan Bravo Podcast at gmail.com. It's the Stan Bravo Podcast. Back with is Stan Bravo Podcast. Of course, I'm Stan Bravo. I'm here with Sam Down, uh, promoter extraordinaire is here hanging out with shoot, shooting some stories. Of course, go ahead and, and follow the pod everywhere where you, you listen to podcasts because that's where we are. Sam, my brother, listen, it, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor having you on, man. Um, you know, I believe, you know, giving people flowers while they, while they can still smell them. You've done a ton in, in, in the space, um, you know, affected, you know, like my life personally and professionally. So I want to thank you for that, man. Um, thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. You always, you always been a real one, even uh, in the back in the day, bro. You always been a, a good friend of mine and, you know, I appreciate you asking me. To be on your podcast and i'm very happy man you're doing the things now that you know you were meant to do working with young people and really making a difference in the scene and you know god bless you bro you're you're a real one and yeah thanks thank for you. inviting thank me on onto your show thank you my brother I, I appreciate it man um just um i guess briefly or quickly um what's next for you man you know like what's next you know like in the space for you so look i'm obviously you know I'm going to be very cautious in bringing out um, internationals when I can see that, you know, the freeway is clear, so to speak, mm-hmm. and, you know, doors are open, I'll start bringing out, you know, internationals again. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, bro, I'm going to stick with my, you know, management, the booking agent stuff, uh, tour managing is still, you know, uh, stuff that I do daily. Um, just that kind of stuff, just keep hustling, paying the bills. Um I will say this, bro. What I've seen, unfortunately, is a downturn, man, in people wanting to go see Golden Era acts. So hopefully, Stan, that will change. Mm-hmm. But re- recently, man, when promoters bring out the Golden Era, you know, like I'm talking 90s hip hop acts, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, hasn't been, you know, the best. So I'm hoping that's just a phase. Mm-hmm. And when things open up, man, we can get back to because we all love that music, man. Holds a special place in our heart. But yeah, for some reason, the the nineties acts aren't aren't doing the ticket sales like they used to. Right on. Um, you probably noticed, man. We don't get a lot of nineties acts anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I I've noticed that. So yeah, I, that will. There you go. Thank, thank you for clarifying it. Clarifying it. One minute answer. Do you have any advice for any kid that wants to be a promoter? Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't listen to anyone. If you feel like, you know, you're a people person and you enjoy putting things together, do it. I mean, it's a really cool thing to do. Um, I mean, it's long hours. The hours are crazy. You might have to, you know, sacrifice having a private life uh, or a personal life. You will miss a lot of family birthdays, birthdays. Christmases and anniversaries. <laughs> uh, forget making plans on the weekends. Your Saturdays and Sundays for mm-hmm. life will yeah. be spent. <laughs> You'll be busy. <laughs> but apart from that, man, I mean, I don't consider this work, Stan. I, mm-hmm. I love what I do. I, I get up in the morning, can't wait to get into it, and I'm still doing it, you know, all these years later. Um, it's coming up on 30 years for me, if you can believe that. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, just go out and do it, man. I mean... Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of you know if you believe it, it it will happen for you. Right on, brother. Appreciate you, Sam. Thank um, you, man. That that thank you, man. And do remember, if you guys are looking for Sam, you you can find 
what you know as find sam at getbusy.com that that are you uh so it's get sam get busy is my instagram yeah sam get busy on insta yeah uh, i'm pretty much on twitter everything sam get busy one word right on so do remember to go ahead follow sam follow everything that he's doing great guy um for real for real do remember you guys can follow this podcast everywhere spotify apple iheart follow me on socials at stan bravo so the next time thank you guys again peace it's the sam bravo podcast